1: You can like us on Facebook, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Uh, Big news today, because football's here. Actual, legitimate, well, preseason football. (laughs) Maybe not actual legitimate football, but certainly actual NFL football. Not that counts. As we have said on this show from the beginning, Uh, the games don't count, but they do matter. And they're going to matter for a number of players on this team. They are going to be the deciding factor for, you know, three, four, five plus players on this team. And maybe more because... Maybe someone gets injured in a preseason game and they end up on IR and they don't end up on the 53-man roster because they're on IR. They can't play. Uh, These games are going to mean something even if they don't mean something. We're going to get to that part of this a little bit later. But speaking of meaning something without meaning something, the Packers released their first depth chart of the preseason and let me start by saying I don't think we should take any of this stuff too seriously. This is a uh, an August depth chart. The 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 great example I go back to over and over again is Kevin King on that preliminary depth chart was like cornerback 7 or something crazy and by you know the middle of September he's starting. So these are not things, and it wasn't just because of injury. It was because of poor play. It was it was because of, you know, a, a host of reasons. Vic Fangio said a couple weeks ago that everything beyond the first line of the depth chart is a free for all. Uh, Vic Fangio didn't put together the depth chart, so we can't we can't extrapolate from there. But I think that is a good guidepost. For us, As we look at this and see what it means, we're, we're not going to be able to get a good gauge based on what happens in the game tonight because the starters, a lot of them are not going to play. You're going to see, you know, my guess would be most of the offensive line. You're going to see most of the defense. You probably see actually see all of the defense uh, with the exception of Kevin King, who's still dealing with that injury. We're probably going to see Kenny Clark. We're probably going to see those new outside linebackers. We're going to see Jair Alexander and Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. But you're probably not going to see Devontae Adams. And you're probably not going to see Aaron Rodgers. And we know we're not going to see Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams because they're hurt. So, I mean, there's not a ton with this first team that we can learn in the game. And so how much does this depth chart, which ultimately reflects this game... Really, more than anything else, how much can we really learn? Well, a couple things, I think, actually. Uh, I know I just said don't take it, it, it too seriously, but here's the thing. So we, we came into the offseason process wondering what the rotation at receiver would be. And Marquez Valdez Scantling, who got a ton of hype in the OTAs in the spring, came into training camp and all of a sudden he was getting, you know, fewer to receiver set. Snaps. It became less clear as I had stated, you know, a month or two ago that he was going to be what what looked like the number two receiver in base formation. And then when they went to the three receiver sets, 11 personnel, they would slide Allison inside and keep MVS outside. Well, this first depth chart, there are two receiver positions, and Devontae Adams has one, obviously. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has the other. That is worth noting, in my opinion. It's also worth noting that on the second line is Jay Kumara, ahead of Equinemius St. Brown. We knew he'd be ahead of Jamon Moore. We were pretty sure he'd be ahead of Trevor Davis, It's also worth noting that guys like Alan Lazard and and Jamon Moore are ahead of Darius Shepard, despite the fact that Shepard is someone who has been the primary backup kick and punt returner and been a a primary special teams player. I I think this this depth chart sort of belies his potential impact on this team and his ability to make the team, but that's a separate issue. I want to speak specifically here about the receivers right now. As I've said for about two weeks now, it looks like Jake Kumaro is on pace to make this team. And when Aaron Rodgers speaks so specifically and so glowingly about you and compares you to Jordy Nelson and and Greg Jennings and Randall Cobb and James Jones, that is considerable praise, to be sure. This step chart reflects that praise, uh, you know, it's always hard to tell, you know, receiver one, receiver two, receiver three, receiver four. But Jake Coomer is on the same line as Jonathan Myleson. And, you know, that means he's at at worst wide receiver four right this minute, right now, right this second. Obviously, that doesn't mean a lot in a month because a lot can change. Uh, I'm still very intrigued by by the skill set of, of St. Brown. I still think someone like Darius Shepard, because of his special teams ability, he makes a play a day at least. Uh, and then there are other guys, you know, Joel Davis, T.O. Redding. I mean, there, there are some guys who have shown some nice things. Obviously, Trevor Davis, you know, he cannot be discounted in all of this because of his return ability and because of the step he has taken, or at least it appears he has taken, in the preseason process as a receiver. He's got to keep that. Moving forward, and we're going to talk about the guys who you know have the the biggest opportunity tonight to take that step. But you know, the depth chart is not a a, it's a living document. It is not scripture. It is not set in stone. So, you know, there's no surprises on the defense, really. Uh, aside from the fact that Tony Brown looks like he's ahead of Josh Jackson so far, but that can't be that surprising. Josh Jackson hasn't played. So based on what we've seen, the four cornerbacks on this team are Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Tony Brown, and Shemont Williams. That's it. No one else has, has been even close. Natral Jamerson is in the safety spot. We said that would happen. Go back and listen to our conversation with Natral. He said that's the spot he's going to be playing. It is interesting that Will Redman, a former cornerback, is now in the safety room. But so if Josh Jones is ahead of Jamerson, are the Packers going to keep five? Amos, Savage, Jones, Green, Jamerson. Maybe, maybe not. Jason Spriggs is someone who reverted because he was not claimed. The Packers waived him injured. So now he because he wasn't claimed, he reverts to the Packers' IR. How does that affect the way that they build this roster? Does that allow them to do it differently than they would otherwise? Does that change Alex Light's future? Because he's shown some things at offensive tackle. Do they give you know, someone like Elton Jenkson, Jenkins a chance to play some offensive tackle? I think he can be a right tackle. Cole Madison, do, do they give him a chance to be an offensive tackle? He's listed as the third-string center, despite the fact that he's played all over the offensive line. As I've said, we don't need to take this too seriously. It's the first preseason game. It's the first depth chart that has come out. But I do think there are a couple things that we can learn, at the very least, about where some guys are right now in the pecking order and which guys have work to do. And, and there are clearly guys who have that work to do. We're going to find out a lot about uh, where that work is and where it lines up and, and who needs to do more than others. After we see what happens tonight. And if you have work to do in the bedroom, Blue Chew can help. Go to bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's blue like the color blue. Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free.
2: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: You know, one of the reasons we come out with this show early in the day is so that it can live for as long as possible. So that you know, if stuff happens, you can you can still look at it and say, okay, I can I can still listen to this. Now that said, uh, you can listen to this show and especially this block after the game tonight. And one of my favorite things to do actually is there are podcasts that make some predictions. And if I don't have time to listen to them, I'll go back and listen to those predictions, you know, Friday NFL podcast where, you know, people predict stuff. And then I, with the knowledge of knowing what's happening and, and what has gone on on Sunday, I go back and listen. And it's interesting to see what nuggets get pulled out, what interesting things you might hear and and somehow... Some predictions that are wrong are right in very specific ways. And some predictions that are right are wrong in other ways. So there are a couple players here, five to be specific. I guess that's more than a couple. Let's not nitpick. Uh, (laughs) That I think have an opportunity in game one. And I think the most obvious is a player that I've talked a lot about on this show over the last few weeks and especially over the last week or two with all the injuries in the running back room. This is Dexter Williams' opportunity. He is probably not going to be playing with Aaron Rodgers, but he is probably going to be playing with something resembling the number one offensive line. And he's going to be playing something resembling the number one defense for the Houston Texans. Now, they're star players. Eh, maybe not. J.J. Watt, not going to play. Jadavion Clowney, not even in camp, so he can't play. But this is going to be number one against number one in some form. Dexter Williams showing out, someone that I have said and suggested will show out in the preseason, can go a long way to him earning reps. I think he's going to make this team. It's very clear right now he is the third running back or at least they want him to be. This is not a job he can win tonight, but it is certainly a job he can lose or at least lose ground on with a poor showing because there are going to be other guys. I mean, Green Bay brought in more running backs. They're going to give those guys an opportunity to win this job. So Dexter Williams has an opportunity with really good offensive line play against a solid defense to go out and prove he has the kind of juice that I've talked about. And if he does that, he puts himself in really good position. If he plays really well and someone like Jamal Williams can't get on the field for another week or two, now we can have a conversation about should Dexter Williams be playing over Jamal Williams. We can't have that conversation yet because we haven't seen Dexter in live action pick up blitzers. We haven't seen him in live action uh, catch screens or split out wide or run the right routes or be in the right places at the right time. We have to see that before we can have any faith he can do it in the game and before we can start talking about him taking snaps away from someone like Jamal Williams, who is, sure, a a capped player in terms of his physical ability, but still a solid, useful player. Another player who has an opportunity is Oren Burks. And we don't know how much DeAndre Hopkins is going to play or Deshaun Watson at this point. Uh, but Oren Burks is someone Pete Prisco from CBS wrote a glowing piece about the Packers picked Aaron Rodgers to win MVP picks Matt LaFleur to win coach of the year picked the Packers as his Super Bowl team he said the one thing he's worried about is or at least the, the one question that he has is Oren Burks as a run fit player and that's true now As I've said on this show before, Oren Burks is in a great position to be surrounded by good run defenders. Blake Martinez, a plus run defender. Kenny Clark, an elite run defender. Blake Martinez, also an elite run-stuffing linebacker. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, good run-defending players. So when you have that around you, it mitigates the need for you as Oren Burks to be really, really good. What I think more importantly for him he needs to do is Show out as a pass defender. Because Mike Patton doesn't care about the run game. I mean, he cares, but he doesn't. If you can be a a very good pass defender, you're going to find your way onto the field. And so if Warren Burks can do that, if he can make a couple plays in coverage, as he did last preseason. He looked very good in preseason coverage last year. And the injury set him back. I wasn't able to get on the field, and and you know that hurt him. It hurt his development. He needs these snaps. He needs these reps. And just being solid would go a long way in at least giving him confidence that he can be the player that he wants to be. This is also a big moment for Deshaun Kaiser. Now, he's been hit or miss, and that's been the player he's been through two seasons in his NFL career. He's also a young quarterback. And, you know, I don't think we can count that first year in Cleveland. I think we have to count that as a college year. And so what what we really saw was his rookie season last year with the Packers. There was some really good things in that Bears game and some really bad things in the Bears game and then the Detroit game was kind of a mess but that was a very weird situation uh, with, you know, obviously an interim coach in week 17, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. You have to come in in a game that doesn't mean anything and try and play well. And, and it was just Devontae Adams is not there. Th- there are myriad reasons why that was a failure. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser not playing well was not, you know, like the number one, two or three reason on the list. He has an opportunity in all likelihood to get some significant snaps against frontline players. And with Frontline players. Even if someone like Devontae Adams doesn't really play, there's still going to be MVS, still going to be Mercedes Lewis in all likelihood, uh, EQ, Jay Kumaro. You're probably going to get some of the starting offensive line. Obviously, we think he's going to play with Dexter Williams, and he's going to play against Texan starters. Maybe not all of them, but enough of them. He's going to have the opportunity to show he is the legitimate number two quarterback. Nothing we've seen so far in the spring or the summer, suggests Tim Boyle is really pushing him for that QB two spot. Uh, aside from, you know, there are you know people that that love Tim Boyle in both ironic and non-ironic ways, but he's not the he's not the prospect that Deshaun Kaiser is. As I mentioned on Twitter, though, uh, prospects and players are different things. And once you're in the NFL, you have to be a player. So this is Deshaun Kaiser's opportunity to show he can be. A player in that vein. Let's say Jimmy Graham doesn't play. My guess would be Jimmy Graham won't play. That means Mercedes Lewis is probably going to play with Big Bob Tanyan. And Big Bob Tanyan is going to get the opportunity to earn reps as a move tight end in this offense. He wants to prove that he can be more than just a move tight end, that he can be a blocker too. So he's going to get that. Good luck against a really good Texans defense. Go make some plays. Go make some blocks. Go chip some blitzing linebackers. Go get out in coverage and make a play and run after the catch. Prove you can be a reliable pass catcher. Because what we saw in preseason was a guy who could do that. And what he showed on tape in college was a guy he could do that. But what we saw in the regular season, aside from that incredible play against Seattle, which was mostly Aaron Rodgers' arm, we didn't see that from Tanyan last year. I would love to see that step forward from him. And then lastly... Uh, Darius Shepard, who I mentioned earlier, he is someone who every day makes a play or two here, makes a play or two there. And he's got a nice catcher, a nice adjustment, and he's showing that there's more juice in there than maybe his athletic ability on paper shows that there should be. And he's got special teams ability. He's been on core special teams. Kickoff, kick return, and is is right now a backup punt returner, kick returner. So if Trevor Davis, if he's out, Shepard is probably going to be the number one punt returner, number one kick returner. Make a big play on special teams. That's a great way to make this team because they like his upside as a receiver. He's he's you know earlier in his development as an NFL player than than someone like Trevor Davis, although you know if if he does make the team and plays well they're going to have to pay him so not not pay him a lot but they're going to have to pay him undrafted free agents have one year deal contracts and then he'd be a he'd be an exclusive rights free agent so green bay would have first crack at trying to retain him but that stuff is you know those are things you can you can work out you can figure that out down the line green bay doesn't have to worry about that right now if he emerges as a player with potential Maybe he doesn't make the team, but maybe he makes the practice squad. And maybe he's one of the first guys off the list of the practice squad onto the 53 when they need a player. This is his opportunity to show that that he can be an NFL player, that he can provide for them in important ways. And, you know, maybe he can do it, maybe he can't, but there's been flashes. This is a very crowded receiver room. Right now, there are four players that I feel confident about making the team at receiver. Adams, Allison, MVS, and EQ. Now, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about Jake Kummer. So that's five. Are they going to keep more than five? Uh, I don't know. But if you go out there and you play well and you show special teams value and you show you know, some flashes at receiver, maybe you prove to the coaches in the front office, hey, look, I have upside here. I'm already close to where Trevor Davis is in his development, and I have a longer way that I can go. Maybe that's something, maybe that's a case he can make. We'll see.
0: David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's America's number one organic bread for a reason. It tastes so stinking good. Dave's Killer Bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-GMO ingredients and is power packed with whole grains, fiber, and protein. Visit Dave'sKillerBread.com to learn more and look for Dave's Killer Bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shell All right. Hopefully you will listen back on that, and it won't be completely ridiculous. I, I don't. I didn't predict anything, so you know. I I hope hopefully that that won't end up sounding stupid if you don't get to this until Friday morning or or after you watch Packers Texans. Uh, you know, I, I try and keep this as current as I possibly can, but I also understand that not everyone can get to it right away. So um, it it just is what it is. We'll have a show recapping Texans Packers tomorrow and then we'll push forward and go forward from there. I did just realize as I was watching Hard Knocks the other night that uh, the Packers and and the Raiders play in the preseason. There was that story that the the tickets for Packers-Raiders, which is in Canada, are preposterously expensive, and it's they only have something like 27% of the stadium sold right now. Uh, that reminded me that the Raiders are in Hard Knocks, which means, by extension, the Packers are going to be on hard knocks. Now they're not going to get the same sort of invasive treatment that the Raiders did, but they're going to be on hard knocks, you know, and I'm sure the Packers are hoping that they make the playoffs this year and will not be subjected to hard knocks next off season. But you know, who knows? Uh, We'll see. This is, it's going to be a tough NFC. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow to break down everything that we saw in Texans Packers. And then back next week to push forward. Uh, We're going to learn a lot and at the same time you know we shouldn't overreact remember not to overreact it is week one of the preseason do not overreact we will try not to do it on this show but if you want to overreact or you want to react reasonably i prefer the latter Uh, you can hit me up on twitter at peter underscore bukowski you can follow the podcast on twitter at locked on packers like us on facebook where we post all of our podcasts there and if you never want to miss a show subscribe to us on itunes on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, I have a question I've been saving uh, because I want to tackle it, you know, as, a, as an entire uh, block of the show. So if you want to hit me up there, uh, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Save it in your phone, send me a text, leave me a voicemail to stay Locked On Packers.